Hey, what's up, guys? This is John Ryan Kane, too, and this is Leading the Christian Leadership Podcast. What's up, everybody? God bless you. Hope you're doing well. Welcome to another episode of Leading the Christian Leadership Podcast. We talk to Christian leaders on this show, and not just leaders in the traditional sense of leaders, like pastors and business leaders, but people with influence, people who are using that influence in a Christ-like way to shine all the glory and honor to Christ. Welcome. Today on the show, I welcome back uh, Michael Tucker, friend and uh, member of Numa Church, uh, where I pastor. Uh, he, uh, he, works, um, he works in a lot of areas. He's a guy with many hats there at our church. Um, but I, I invited him back for, for some insight um, on the current culture of the church. Uh, in some ways, we, could, we can even say that this is a continuation of my last conversation that we had with uh, Dustin Bass uh, entitled The American Church. Uh, so Michael, Michael and I talk about, you know, a, a lot of things. It, it's a, it's another long conversation. Uh, we talk about the meaning of the word evangelical and the many connotations that that word now carries. Uh, we discuss the political division within the body of Christ, uh, the role of social media, um, in, in all of this, by the way, I took Michael out to lunch after this conversation where we continued that conversation on social media and, and kind of where that's taking just society. It was really, really interesting. So maybe we'll do a follow up uh, with that conversation, that topic being on the uh, on the the main agenda for that for that day. Uh, overall, this was a really great conversation, very timely discussion that I believe needs to be heard um, by many uh, in the evangelical church. So um, just just some housekeeping things. Obviously, if you enjoy this content, please like, review it, share it with somebody. Um, that is the way that this this podcast spreads. And I want to thank everybody who uh, listens to this um, every other week when the show comes out. I really appreciate you guys uh, for making um, making it fun for me to come and talk on the mic and, and for you to actually be listening. Um, but anyways, I don't want to get into a super mo a long monologue right now. So I'm going to welcome back Michael Tucker. What's up, Mike? What's up? How's it going, man? Going good. Yeah. Doing good. I don't, I, I've never asked you this before, but <clears throat> you know, Michael's short or, or Mike is short for Michael. I know tons of people who go by Mike, but I don't hear anyone else ever call you Mike except for me. So I was like, do you, <laughs> I don't know if you like cringe every time I say Mike. No, no. Like I, I'm cool with it. Like just growing up, I was always, I think it's because of my last name actually, because Michael Tucker, just the, the whole uh -huh. name rolls off the tongue. Yeah. Most of my life, when people address me, they address me with my full name, which oh, really? is kind of interesting. Yeah. Um, like friends growing up and things like that. When I was in high school, because I was in sports, it was always Tucker. Like that oh, was okay. what I was always called, but, um, I never really, like, occasionally I'll get people to call me Mike. Um, yeah. but it doesn't bother me. Uh, the only nickname that bothers me is Mikey. I don't really okay. care for that one. <laughs> so as long as you don't call me Mikey, Mikey. I, I think All we right. should be good. <laughs> Michael Tucker. It's a, it's a good name. Yeah. Your parents were strategic with that. Yeah. <laughs> Um, well, welcome back. You were, you were on an earlier show. We were just talking about it last, like, like a good year ago, mm -hmm. actually. Um, we talked to you just about your, uh, 
your experiences in, in ministry and in leadership. And you, like me, we have a lot of kind of sh- shared experiences in that yeah. we grew up, you know, pastor's kids and we did youth ministry for a while and all that stuff. And, and uh, so and now you're, you continue to work with us. You work with our, our youth. You, you guys do, you and your wife um, do our, our media here, our cameras and all that stuff. Guys are really techie and, and all that <laughs> stuff. So um, it's uh, it's good to have you a part of our our church, our ministry. I know I, I try to tell you guys every now and then. Uh, but, um, you know, with this conversation, it was a little last minute. I just kind of sent you a message this week and I was like, hey, man, you want to be on the want to be on the podcast? And uh, you said, yeah. So um, here we are. And uh, um, it's it's a. Uh, it's kind of weird that it w- was so casual for the conversation that we kind of have planned uh, for today because it's a, it's a really big conversation that we can have and this probably can go hours. Right. Um, and we're really just talking about um, the church and um, 2020 and our response to 2020 and all of that stuff. There's a lot that has happened this year. I had a conversation last, um, not last week, but a few weeks ago, the last podcast that came out. Uh, called the American Church, and so I, I like to. I would like to think of this one as kind of a continuation mm-hmm. uh, of all of that. So we'll we'll kind of discuss some of the issues, um, you know, that we're that we're seeing right now. How has twenty twenty been to you, just on a personal level? On a personal level, twenty uh, twenty for me, it, it it's had its weird moments, um, but I'm very grateful for a lot of things. Like uh, I, me and my wife both still have our jobs. Um, so that's something, uh, not a lot of people can say right now. Um, we both have our jobs. Uh, the hardest thing for us is just finding things to do at home. Like, yeah, uh, that's really our biggest thing is like, we can't, you know, I, I'm a big movie person and I can't go to the movie theater. Like I can't do a lot of the things that I would normally do outside of my house. Um, so that's been a big, a big thing. Um, other than that, like we both have managed to stay healthy. Um, but it's definitely, it's definitely been a, a, a strange year for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I know a lot of people that have been personally affected by it, um, and things like that. So it's a lot of, uh, I guess the struggles that I see come secondhand. Um, sure. but, and, and that's always hard too because you you know you're when you see your friends and family struggling with certain things it it can it can be tough um but like i said i'm grateful that uh for the most part we've been able to manage relatively well um if not really well so um i i know but i know for other people it's been a a very very struggling year for them yeah it has in 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 a lot of ways everybody's kind of suffered you know their own they, they've suffered personally some of them have some of them have been sick you know uh i know of i know of several people who have actually lost um family members due to covid and all, all that and um <clears throat> and then others have been affected by the economy and just not right. working all that stuff so everybody's kind of just dealing stuff um with i guess in a unique way but at the same time it's like we're all kind of going through it together so that that's a little comforting right right mm-hmm. um but then then at the same time uh i feel and i've said this before i said this on a preaching i feel like everybody's just mad right now <laughs> uh and you, you know you turn on 
turn on the news, you turn on podcasts, you, uh, um, you open up social media and you just see so much, just like, just so much anger and, and even within the church. And I think that's kind of, um, the, the problem that I've, I've seen or I've had more or less is, is, is are we responding to everything that's happening with, you know, with, uh, the best way that we can. Right. Obviously, we have to call out things, and we have sometimes we have to get angry. And Jesus got angry, um, but at the same time, I'm I'm just wondering if we have created uh, uh, idols out of our opinions, um, because this has been a hyper political year. It's yeah. probably the most political year that I've ever been a part of, uh, 2020. And uh, so that's kind of what I want to talk about. You know, we're getting towards the end of of the year we're getting closer to november which everybody knows what's in november (laughs) uh, and it's not thanksgiving right i mean obviously it is thanksgiving but (laughs) that's not the 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 thing that's going to be on our minds um and so i want to talk about i want to talk about that and and uh maybe your your perspective on on how the church has been responded uh during this time i've heard several times by people of of good repute like people that i i admire and i respect really good um you know, ministers and, and, and leaders of uh, in the Christian faith, some of them have said that they are ashamed right now of being ca- in the same category as evangelicals. And um, I don't know if you have any idea as to why anyone would say that. <laughs> uh, I, I do. Um, I think something like just a preface, um, like I'm not by no means am I like an expert on any, any of this. You're a like, thought a, leader, man. That's um, <laughs> why I have you here. <laughs> but uh, I can speak like from the perspective of a millennial that grew up in the digital age, like what I see in the world today as somebody that grew up in church yeah. my whole life. Um, I can speak to those things. And f- to be honest, I, I can sympathize with somebody that doesn't want to be in that category, mm-hmm. um, in that or I guess associated with the word evangelical. Um, and I think part of that is because the word has uh, somewhat been hijacked um, in the political sphere. Um, okay. It's, to me, it's, when you hear evangelical, you're usually hearing the word evangelical. You're usually hearing it in the context of evangelical voters or like something to do with the political process. Hmm. Um, and so... I think it's more that the connotation of the word has shifted in a way that it probably shouldn't have. Mm. Um, and I think it no longer holds the meaning that it's supposed to, which would just be like a Christian that is focused on um, bringing the gospel to yeah. to people. Um, it's become more of a political demographic. Mm. Um, you know, I, you know, I check the, on, on the census, I check uh, evangelical Christian. Mm. Um, and then that gets thrown into a bunch of data uh, retrieval and, uh, you know, then campaigns and things like that say, how do we get the evangelical vote yeah. um, and things like that? And so I think for, especially for people my age that, you know, if you're scrolling, scrolling through social media or you're looking on news apps and things like that, anytime you, especially if you're not, you didn't grow up in the church, anytime you see the word evangelical, um, it's probably in a political uh, connotation yeah. versus a spiritual connotation. That's, that's really good insight. So what would you, what would you say is... Um, the way that non-evangelicals describe us. Like, obviously, within the church, we, we have a definition, right? right? We can go back to the Greek and, and, and say, well, it's, it's from the Greek 
evangelion or something like that, right? right? And it means good news, right? Right. And so that's what that's what it is. It's it's the gospel. Yep. And um, uh, as evangelicals, we are we're we're taught to preach the gospel, right? right? Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, they might not know that they might not know the Greek meaning of the word, right? right? If you're outside of the church, you've never studied, you know, you never mm-hmm. never opened up the Bible. So what what do you think they think? about evangelicals so, like, outside of the church sure, like the, yeah. um, I would say they think it's a, a type of demographic it's somebody you know it's your person that go you know attends a church typically a, a Protestant church obviously um, and it's somebody that uh, whenever you take that word evangelical it's usually what comes to mind is a specific set of uh, ideologies that come with that um, not necessarily the gospel-centered ideologies either. It's typically you know, things like um, topics like abortion, um, uh, uh, homosexual marriage, things like that. Like those are like what are oh if somebody's an evangelical voter, I can see this. They probably check these boxes when they mm-hmm. go to the ballot box, um, and I think that's ultimately a. a it, it gives a little bit disservice to what the, that word should mean. Cause like you said, it comes from the Greek word um, and meaning preaching the good news and things like that. And so in a way that that's why I say it's been hijacked. It's, it's, it no longer in our culture today, at least to non-Christians mm-hmm. um, and maybe even some Christians, I don't know. It, it doesn't really mean that anymore. It means, Oh, if somebody's an evangelical, they believe this, 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 and this, and yeah. this about, uh, whatever opinions you mm-hmm. you might throw out there, um, and that and typically that they're going to vote this way on this issue and this way on this issue and things like that. Sure. Um, it's it's more of a um, cookie cutter kind of um, idea of, of of a Christian ideology yeah. um, that may or may not be accurate, just okay. depending. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it kind of creates um, just a category a category of what we are either for or against right Mm -hmm. and um there's there's no there's no substance as to where we where we get to this um to this framework um it's just well this is what they believe and it's not what i believe and so right um, yeah it becomes a it becomes a uh you know oh if i'm an evangelical and they're an evangelical all of these boxes should match like all of these check boxes on particular issues should match. Um, and sometimes even issues that aren't necessarily like spiritual issues. They're Mm -hmm. just because that's become the association. Um, it could be something that ultimately Jesus probably wouldn't care about, but, uh, is more of a, like an American issue, but because the evangelicals, are voting that way on that issue. If I don't vote that way, am I an evangelical? Mm-hmm. So it becomes that kind of identity crisis mm-hmm. type thing. Yeah. And I mean, you know, I, I, I would associate myself obviously as an evangelical and, um, there, there's a lot that, that evangelicals, uh, believe that aren't obviously going to be offensive to, to other people. Correct. Right. Mm-hmm. And I guess, I guess what we should maybe start having a conversation about is, is how do we, how do we open up people's minds to maybe see things our way? Right. Mm -hmm. Because it's, it's always, it's always going, we're we're always going to miss each other 
we can't have all, all, you know all honest conversations about how how I got here, right? Right. Um, and uh, I I I preached this um, recently uh, a few Sundays ago. My, my my messages have kind of gotten a little bit more you know political without really getting like diving right. deep into like certain issues. But um, I talked about how I think a lot of a lot of times we are more concerned with the issues than we are with you know the person right. which is which is Jesus right and we preach more against the issues than we do the good news of the gospel right right and so in a sense perhaps many evangelicals have moved away from what the traditional word actually means um and it's it's now it's not it's not so much a christian word anymore as much as it is uh, a political word the, right. at, at least at least today right right and i, I think that's I don't, I'm not going to say that broadly like it's true across the board, but I think in some ways there's right. some truth to that. Um, what, do you, what, do you, what would you say to that? Uh, I, I would agree. Like yeah. I think, because um, yeah, that's the thing about language, and that's why I think it's so, um, like something that we should pay attention to because words change over time. Mm-hmm. And if we're not careful, certain words that have certain meanings can change those meanings and then be accepted as the new meaning. Um, and I would hate for the word evangelical to come to mean, you know, Christian voters, essentially like nothing more than that. Just, Oh, you know, what, what issues matter to the evangelical Mm -hmm. voter? Like what, what are those things? Like I would much rather it have the actual connotation that it deserves, which is that, Oh, if I'm an evangelical, that means that I'm focused on reaching people for the gospel of Jesus Christ. And, um, that, that doesn't necessarily mean like a, you know, that doesn't nece- that shouldn't necessarily mean you know everything about my opinions on stances political stances sure um that should just mean that i you know that i am focused on the gospel of jesus christ now there's obviously issues that align with the gospel um and so those things should maybe be a given but i don't think you should be able to look at a person and, and that person go oh i'm an evangelical and you go oh i know exactly how you vote like yeah. um i think it it should be deeper than that sure and mm-hmm. I, I think the same could be said um when it comes to actual like political parties you know not not every not every republican is a christian <laughs> there's plenty right. of republicans that are that are uh, not theistic at all um, not every Democrat believes that abortion is is um, is moral, um, and, and so there's there's just a lot of assumptions that we, right. we make, and you know assumptions come from from some place of truth, but when we when we overgeneralize generalize everything mm-hmm. and we just assume all the time, that's that's I think where we do a little mm-hmm. bit more harm. Yeah. What what frustrates you the most right now, um, just about the American church and where we're at today? Um, so I can kind of, I'll go kind of with the first thing, which would be like the, the thing that I see, the pattern I'm starting to see that's the most disturbing to me, um, about the American church is this kind of, and this isn't across the board. Like, like you said, like this is not a generalization Mm -hmm. or I guess this is a generalization, but I understand that not everybody will match this, yeah. but it is a pattern that I'm beginning to see in this this kind of church. Some churches desire for this political power, um, like to, you know, I don't, 
I understand it, but I also think it's a very, very slippery slope um, to be a church that desires political power because I feel like that goes very much against a lot of what Jesus teaches us. Um, we are to be humble. We are to be, you know, the meek will inherit the earth. Like the, um, we should not as an entity be striving for political power because our power does not rest here on earth. Like it's a, we're not, we're citizens of heaven. Like we're, so I don't think the church as a whole should be so desiring this political power, um, kind of to, um, to, to be, you know, cause you're not going to reach people for Jesus through legislation. You're going to mm. reach people through Jesus with, by connecting with people. Um, and so I think it, it's a very dangerous game to play when you're talking, um, church, you know, the body of Christ trying to achieve political power. Um, and I, and I think we can look throughout history and see when in instances where the church was kind of in too much power, mm-hmm. um, bad things, uh, typically followed. And I think of things like the crusades and I think of yeah. things like, um, you know, churches during the time of slavery that were so adamant about, uh, you know, being pro-slavery and things like that. I think it's, it is kind of a dangerous game to play. And we, we all, if we're going to even kind of enter into the political sphere, we have to constantly be checking ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's something that I, a pattern that I'm really starting to see that's, that's kind of worrisome to me, um, that I, you know, not that I think the individual person, we're lucky enough to live in a country where we have some say the first century church would think that was the greatest thing ever. Cause they grew up in an imperial rule. They didn't have a lot of say in what happened. Yeah. Um, and so I think in that regard on the, on the individual level, the ability to have some say in what goes on, um, we should be very grateful that we have that ability and, and utilize that ability. Um, but I also think that when you start talking about the church as an entity, trying to gain any sort of earthly power, um, that's, that's a dangerous game to play. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in terms of just things that are frustrating to me, um, the, just the lack of unity, um, this, and I know that that's kind of the whole crux of this yeah. discussion is division, but just the fact that in a, in a church, like, um, it were, I guess it worries me that somebody could walk, you know, a non-believer could walk into a church and immediately feel put off because they don't align 100 percent um with maybe what a majority of the congregation believes or something like that that and and in a way that's like not spiritual like in a uh you know in in a way of like oh well i don't necessarily think that's a like wrong like or i don't necessarily think that jesus would be uh, against what I am thinking, like that kind of thing. Like if somebody walks in and they just immediately feel uncomfortable because, you know, the pastor said something political from the stage or something like that, something that maybe isn't for non-spiritual reasons. Like, uh, and even then I feel like the Holy Spirit, um, is smarter than that and knows not to make people that are potentially going to come to Christ feel uncomfortable in a, in a church setting. So that's something that we, we have to be careful of, but just that kind of divide of, oh, well, if you don't think and act and hold yourself the exact same way I do, um, I'm not going to directly tell you that you're not welcome in church, but I'm probably not going to hang out with you and I'm probably not going <laughs> to, we're yeah. not going to have too much to talk about. Yeah. Um, and so that, that worries me a little bit um, and, and frustrates me a little bit that we sometimes hold 
other things higher than creating relationships with with people that are lost and yeah. and uh, hearing them out for for what what they have to say. Um, yeah. Well, I've, there, we've I think we have really created uh, within the church a a, uh, a very heavy uh, political framework where the Bible should be. You know, the, the right. scripture should be our, our framework. That that is our worldview. It's a Christian, the Christian worldview. Um, and so obviously we uh we should be doing we should be doing politics in light of our 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 Christian convictions and and, and not the other way around. Right. And uh, you know, I, I would say, you know, going back to going back to your, your first point, um, you know, there's there's a lot that Christians, you know, need to fight for there's there's a lot that we need to fight for there's yeah. we have a uh we have a world that is becoming more and more you know immoral and there's obviously the church has to speak up right, right. we have to we have to fight definitely um and, and i don't think anyone is saying that that we don't um but it really when it comes to you know uh just the straight politics i right. i think that is kind of where we we do a little bit more harm um and i don't know that I don't know that we really feel like on an individual level that if say you don't agree with me politically, I don't, I'm not going to write you off and say, well, you're not a Christian. You're right. You're not. I mean, how can, how can you believe that? How can you think that I don't want anything to do with you? Right. Right. I don't think on an individual level, when we actually have conversations, um, I think we know how to agree to disagree. Right. Um, it's, it's, but, but on a macro level, right. like yeah. <laughs> on Facebook, it's just, it, we've, we've created sides. Yeah. And, and, and I think in my example, I did use like an individualistic, but I think it's more of like that idea of like, if I'm a non-believer and I walk into a church building, like, do I look at the people around me and kind of the things that like the, maybe the offhand comment that they make or the, you know, kind of, I get the vibe of the entire room, mm -hmm. um, if I don't feel like I can vibe with any of that, like if I get this kind of immediately off-putting, like, oh, these people are very different than me. Like if the, like these people are, and maybe not in a good way, like maybe in like, a, oh man, like they're overly political. They're, you know, they'll, they're a little judgmental or they're a little, like if I get that entire vibe from the, the room, of course, nobody's going to come up to my face and like say anything that, you know, I think, like you said, we are individual, like we can say, oh, we agree to disagree kind of thing. But even then it would like for somebody that's brand new to the culture, um, it can it can sometimes create a divide. And and I think as uh, we should try to decrease that divide as much as possible. So if we can throw out some things like maybe some um, habits that we have um that maybe are off-putting uh, to a believer that aren't necessarily like a spiritual issue. Um, any think, any example? Do you have any examples of that? Uh, like, no, I'm putting you on the spot here. Um, I think the the big one that I hear a lot, just because of the people I interact with outside of church. Um, I work in a in a retail job, so I I know um, a lot of different people from a lot of different backgrounds and things, and so I know people that have tried going to church that, um, and they identify as gay and like, just immediately like, Oh, like I'm, I walked in and people immediately tried to fix me like mm -hmm. immediately like, uh, Oh, you need to do this and this and this, and like kind of overwhelmed them with like, uh, these kind of ideologies and things. And, and, uh, or, you know, they would try, you know, maybe somebody that's not 
to be honest, like not conservative and they would go to church and they'd be like, Oh man, I like, I was really enjoying it. And then, um, you know, I was trying to engage in a conversation and this person made this comment, um, and just, and it was kind of a judgmental comment about maybe the, the person I am or the way mm-hmm. that I, uh, the ide- ideologies that I have, um, and just kind of seemed like an attack, um, kind of things like that. And I understand like some, some things, are we can't relent on like um like i do i do think it's very hard for a christian to find any justification for something like abortion um i just don't think there's any room in scripture for that um and so like obviously that would be something um but i think it's also the execution of how do we take somebody that maybe doesn't know um what the bible has to say about things like that and how do we help that person see um a blatant attack is not probably not the best way. I, I, Paul always puts it as gentle correction um, and things like that. Like educate the people that that maybe disagree with you. If you really think that what they are disagreeing with is like a spiritual issue or something that um, is kind of a deal breaker mm-hmm. for a Christian, um, it's better to have a discussion about that than them to learn that you disagree with them through like a kind of um, an offhand comment or something yeah. like that. And that, I mean, that's, that's kind of the environment that we have created and a lot of it i would say much of it is 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 rooted in in scripture i mean it, it's it's true um right but we have to I, I guess we have to find a way to be inviting mm-hmm. um as a church um so that we can you know insert the gospel into people's lives and have jesus do the work mm-hmm. um you you made a you, you said earlier about like you know someone who's who's uh, who's gay you know coming to church that's uh, that's hard for a lot of homosexuals to do because they they know they know what Christians you know believe right right uh, they they know what uh, the Bible says about it and so that's uh that's an that's a conversation i really wanted to 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 get into um a few weeks ago just because it's uh we have to find a way to open up the doors to people who really need jesus right um Mm -hmm. and that does not mean that we do it by you know shying away from the truth and not getting to the truth because you know the the truth is we all we're all with sin and we have to call out the sin and we have to you know repent um but how, how do we get past that that first step of, well, I already know what they're going to say about me, so I'm just not going to go. That's, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I don't know what the solution to that is. Right. You know, the, the thing that I can maybe think of is maybe we need to have such a really loving community so that when people come into the church for the first time, they're overwhelmed by the love that the preaching doesn't sound so much like they're just they're just hating on me or they just hate my kind it's more of a look they actually love me and maybe this is maybe they're telling me this because they love me Mm -hmm. um really that's kind of the only thing that i can think of right now and and like i've also heard like any story that i've heard from somebody that i work with that had an experience like that um it never really they never really talked about that it came from the preaching or anything like that that it was always on how they were treated by other members Mm -hmm. uh, within the church that sometimes they felt ganged up on um that you know sometimes they didn't feel very welcomed um that things like that and i think i think we're in a place where 
we very we have to be very careful because we're in a it's not what you say it's how you say it mm-hmm. kind of society like it's it, you know if it it isn't like it was where everybody just went to church like you know uh, 50 years ago er, you know everybody went to church like mm-hmm. um, and if you <laughs> and if you had something that the church didn't align with you just kind of kept it to yourself and you still went with your family <laughs> at least on Easter and everything yeah. now we live in a society where it's like oh well if I don't feel welcome I'm not gonna go like I'm just gonna I'm going to find something else to spend my time doing, or I'm not going to be associating with people that, um, feel different or, or say that, you know, my lifestyle is wrong or that, you know, are just going to sit there and judge me for mm-hmm. an hour. Like, yeah. um, and those kind of things. And, but what's funny to me is that it never seemed to come from the preaching. It always seemed to come from their experiences with people sure. inside the church. Yeah. Which, you know, uh, just, just an example, my wife, she, um, she's thinking about starting this spin class and uh, she uh, she's kind of reluctant because it's expensive, and it's like it's like one class is like more expensive than my entire gym membership right. for, for the month. And um, I, I I said you know just just go one time you might you might love it. Mm-hmm. And she said, how much can I actually love a spin class? You right. know? And I said, well you might you might find that the community is really really good. Okay. Like mm-hmm. you might you might make some friends there. And that's going to want to make you, you know, come back. And, and, and the one thing that might, you know, create a little bit of dissonance, which would be the price, um, maybe that's offset by, you know, the, the, mm-hmm. the support and the, the, the community. And then you're going to come back. And then eventually you're not going to mind paying that much, even though it kind of hurts a little bit. You're not going to mind paying it because um, you, you have found something to connect to you, uh, too. Um, so the same way, you know, like... People aren't going like if if a if a sinner and we're all sinners, okay? Right. But let, let's say someone comes into the church who wouldn't normally come to church. Let, let's let's just let's just say someone, um, someone who is openly gay, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and normally they wouldn't go to a church because they already know what the church thinks about them. Right. Um, if they were to come in, they're like, all right, I'm just, just going to do this this one time. I'm going to see what happens. Um, chances are they're not going to get, you know. Uh, a positive, um, a positive sentiment from the preaching, uh, especially if I'm talking about homosexuality that <laughs> right. day, and, and, you know. Right. And uh, it, to them, that's going to be like, well, this is very hurtful. This is, you know, talking about my lifestyle here. Um, they're not, they're not going to get that connection from one preaching, <laughs> right? But they might get the connection from people um, who who invite them in, say, hey. You know, we love you. Uh, we want to see you again next week. And then they might create a, a, a solid community here to where they're coming back and they're listening to the preaching mm-hmm. that is convicting them, that is hurting them, that is challenging them. Mm-hmm. Um, and over time, it's, it's doing something to them. Right. But they stayed, not because of that first preaching that they heard that really offended them and wanted to make them you know, leave the room, but because of the community that was right. created. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why the church was created the way it was. Like, I think... I think sometimes we, as a, as believers, we don't, <laughs> we try to do everything and we don't let the Holy Spirit do his job. And, and really and truly Jesus tells us, Hey, you are to love God and love people. And that's your job. Like, that's what you are to do. The Holy Spirit brings conviction and the Holy Spirit will do his job. Um, and I feel like sometimes we don't trust the Holy Spirit to do his job. So we feel like we have to rush in there <laughs> and fix him and fix people when God's saying, Hey, all I'm asking you to do is love people. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, 
help them to feel like they belong and help them to feel um, like they can be a part of this. Uh, and anything that I, that needs to be worked out, me and them will work it out. Yeah. Um, and so I think, but I also understand how people work and that we feel like we a lot of times have to, oh, what can I do to help? Like, what can I do to fix this? And, mm-hmm. um, but for some people that may not be the right solution, sometimes what they need is for somebody to show them love, um, and the love of Jesus Christ. And, um, all the other stuff can, can come later. Um, and I think, especially with specific issues, we sometimes feel like, oh, well, that person has to get that sorted out first before mm-hmm. they can be a part. Um, and I don't, I don't see that biblically. Um, I don't see, uh, I understand for the, I, I do believe that the Bible speaks about um, in leadership roles and things like that. But just to be a part of the believers, like, I don't think there's any requirements. Like you just have to believe Jesus. Like that's, yeah. <laughs> that's the the only step. And then, and, and we as Christians, even if they don't have even taken that first step, we're to show them love and, and compassion and, um, and help them to feel as though they belong, yeah. um, as if they are already a part of the group. Yeah. I mean, that's um, how sanctification happens. You, know, right. you come, you come to Christ, you say, okay, I'm going to leave, I'm going to leave my life behind my, my, my selfishness and my desires and i'm gonna i'm gonna follow jesus and the more you the the further you follow him too the more you're kind of leaving behind right because you you have to i mean if you're gonna go the distance you have to the only weight that you can carry is the cross um Mm -hmm. so that i mean that's that's how it happens but people don't know that um they don't they don't realize that if if they're not in the church they think oh i have to get rid of everything Mm -hmm. in my life that i that I that I care about that doesn't agree with you know this and 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 then I can you know be a part uh, yeah be a part of it and and you know it, it happens um, it happens over it happens over time uh, especially when you come to church for the first time and and uh, you you accept Christ and yes there's a decision that you have to make there yes there was repentance um, and I, I don't ever want people to ever think that um, they don't have to repent because right. that's part of salvation yeah. that's a requirement for everybody yeah <laughs> anybody uh, that walks through yeah the door. but but the the actual you know the sanctification and, and the learning how to live without your old life that happens over time yep yeah um so you know speaking we kind of spoke there in, in in regards to maybe some division between the church and the not church but um i want to talk about the division within the church yep. because there's a lot of that <laughs> uh so like i said earlier you know this year has been the most political year that I've I've seen uh, in my life that I've been a part of, and it has fueled massive amounts of division, um, not just not just in our country but in our in our churches. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, how, how did we how do we get to this point? Um, how do we get here? I mean, there's always been. I think sometimes we get this idea that division is like a brand new thing, mm-hmm. um, but throughout history, like. Um, if you look at just America in general, like it's, you know, we had, a, we literally had a civil war. Like we've, <laughs> we've been divided before, um, in, in different ways. But I think right now, just because we're the ones living through it, it's, it's a very, mm. um, this is the most that it's been since we've been alive. Um, and probably even for like people like my parents, this might be the most divided we've been, yeah. um, in a long time. Uh, but I do think sometimes, and I think it's perpetrated by the news a little bit too, that, oh, this is the most divided we've ever been. And I'm like, well, we've had a civil war. Like, we may not be the most divided. Um, But not to say that there isn't division, but in some ways that kind of gives me a little bit of hope. Like, hey, like, 
things in other ways have been worse. Like we, we literally had Americans fighting, like fighting a war against other Americans. Yeah. Um, I mean, and, this is not to say the church hasn't been divided for correct. Since, yeah. You know, since the first century or second century yeah. when it literally, there was a great schism, right? Yeah. I mean, so, and that, yeah. that's what my next point was going to be. And then even <laughs> within the church, like the reason we have a bunch of denominations is because we couldn't all agree on, you know, yeah. new Testament doctrine and things yeah. like that. Like, you know, the little things, like we're still all believers in, in Christ, but you know, that's why you have Baptists and Methodists sure. and Assemblies of God and all of those different, uh, the church has divided, but I think right now it, it's more dangerous because it's a, it's not a division of, I, of theology, theology. It's yeah. a division of, you know, just who we are as people, um, in, in some ways. And I think we do a lot of times think that, oh, if somebody doesn't think exactly like I do, then we're not going to get along. And like, we, we kind of create these like, uh, these stances that, you know, I'm locked into this stance and nobody can sway me a different way. And if you don't agree, well, then you're just the worst person. And how could you possibly ever think anything different? Um, and we're kind of just like locked into this, into our own brains a little bit and mm. into our own thoughts. And, and that is seeping into the church as well. Like this idea of, you know, standing firm in what I believe. And I, you know, I can never be swayed a different direction, um, or I can never concede to the other side. Um, and I don't, I, in the church, that's, that's a dangerous thing as well. Yeah. And that's the, that's kind of the problem for me is where we have, we have created sides on the team of politics rather than you know, just mm -hmm. we're, in, we're on the same team, but we just, you know, we just think a little bit differently theo uh, theologically. Mm -hmm. Now it's more, you know, from, from, and again, this is an overgeneralization, but it's like, regardless of what I believe biblically, like I'm choosing the side of either red or blue you right. know, mm -hmm. within the church. And so you have, you have Christians who are kind of against each other and viciously engaged in these arguments where everybody can see it and, and we're always going to argue we're always going to have arguments nothing wrong with having an argument and good discussion but i, I feel like they're when they're so ferocious and we're yeah. supposed to be you know the people that um the outside world looks at and says well this is how i know that they're disciples of christ because of their love for each right. other when we don't have that yeah. then we've lost that criteria of what it of of that that single piece of criteria yeah. Um, that Jesus said, this is how they're going to know that, that you're right. my disciples. Yep. And I think we, what was the point I was going to make? Oh, that we, like you were saying, like we have kind of created our political divide within the church. And I think that that's just spiritually wrong. Like it's a, it's something where you are taking agendas set by men and you are putting those either equal to, or sometimes higher than, the agenda of God. Mm -hmm. And that's a dangerous thing to do. Like that's, um, like there's nothing wrong. I don't think with looking at particular issues, lining them up against platforms and things like that, but your agenda should always be Jesus. Like your yeah. agenda should always be based on Jesus and, um, not that of man, because anything that any system or anything that we come up with as humans is flawed right from the get go. Cause we're flawed. Um, it's never going to amount to what the gospel is able to give us. And so just right from the start, if I try to put my allegiance in anything, but Jesus, 
I'm setting myself up for failure. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that alone, if, if we thought more like that, um, it would give us a little bit more unity together of like, hey, we may not agree on these very, very specific political issues that only matter to Americans, mm-hmm. um, to be completely honest. And then, um, but we can agree that Jesus is our savior. And at the end of the day, um, that's ultimately what matters, that our ad- identity is in Christ, not in any other label that this world can slap on us. Yeah. Um, we are um, identified through Christ, and the way that people will see that is through our love for one another. Yeah. And, you know, this, is, this whole conversation isn't to say that we shouldn't, we shouldn't be, you know, passionate about certain issues. Correct. And mm-hmm. I, I think both, both of us are. Um, you know, I'm, I'm not saying we need to take an apolitical stance, mm-hmm. right? Um, and it, it's, it's good to be patriotic. And I'm, I, I, I'm a proud American. I love, I, you know, I love this mm-hmm. country. And I, I love what it stood for. And I love, you know, uh, you know the, uh, the ideology behind um, the whole Constitution, the framing of the Constitution, mm-hmm. right? Um, so it's not to discount any of that. The, the whole point, I think, of this conversation and the whole point of, of um, really why we're having it, what we see is we're, we're treading on dangerous territory where we might become, uh, we might be creating an idol out of, out of the, the, the American flag, right? Right. And even that's, I, I've noticed because I've, I've heard people you know, tell other people that before, um, you know, you're, you're, we're just, we're just creating an idol out of, out of, out of our politics. And even that offends people. Um, and I'm like, well, why, why should that, offend why you. should that offend you? Like that's, <laughs> that should be something that we do not do. Like, right. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a first commandment, right? I have no yep. other gods before me. Um, and, uh, I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't know how to talk to those people. Right. Um, and I don't know if there might be some people who are listening and I, maybe I just don't understand you. You know, write me an email. I, I I don't know, but I don't know if you have any insight on that. I mean, I I think like like you, I'm I'm proud to be in in this country because, like I said, it's a country where I am able to have a say. Not a lot of countries, <laughs> you can do that. Some countries will tell you you do, but you really don't. But I really do feel like here in America, I have a I have a say. I can go this November. I can go. Um, if I if I so choose, and I can select who I want to lead the country, and um, or even probably even more important that I think sometimes gets scrubbed over is the, your local government. Mm. Um, you can set those kind of things. So that's, those are the people that are taking care of where you specifically live. Um, that's my go vote, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, banner, but, uh, but no, I do like, I am very proud of that. Um, but I think sometimes we can also begin to idolize that a little bit and, and the, the problem, there's two problems with that. First of all, it's unbiblical. Like we, God comes first above anything. Um, and if we're not careful, we would never admit that that's what we're doing. But at the same time, our actions would speak differently. Mm. Um, and then the other reason that that's, um, that it's dangerous to do that is because then you don't see the problems as much. You don't see the areas of improvement and it's easy to go out and go, Oh, this is the greatest place ever. Like I, there's nothing wrong with (laughs) anything Mm -hmm. in this country. And like, that's a dangerous place to be too of, well, if we, yeah, yeah, ignorance to, to maybe the things that do need to be fixed. Um, and, but I, I, I do want to reiterate what you said, like, that doesn't mean that we don't take a stand. It means we take a stand for whatever's biblical. 
it doesn't matter which political party throws it out there. Mm-hmm. If it's wrong, it's wrong. And if it's right, it's right. Like it's, um, um, I think, you know, I think of all the times in history that the church was able to bring forth change. I think of people like Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. And I think of um, the churches that stood behind that movement. And now we're in an area where, in an age where, well, it may not be perfect. Um, you know, you know, African-Americans have the right to vote. Um, they have the right to do things. I think of uh, times, you know, even far back as slavery, while there were churches that were pro-slavery, there were also the abolitionist churches that were fighting to abolish slavery because they were able to see the evil in it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think it is very important for the church to take a stand. Um, but what I'm worried about is that the church takes a, a stand based on the political agenda of a specific group mm-hmm. versus what they know to be right biblically and right. spiritually. Um, and that's, I think the danger that we run into yeah. and it's a balance. Like it's something that you can't just flip a switch and fix that. Like it's, you're gonna have to create a balance and, and you may not, al- we may not always get it right, but, yeah. um, we have to, that's something that we have to check ourselves because if not, then we run the risk of, um, of, messing up the the entire agenda god has set up yeah and there's a lot of issues within politics that um that we can't say for certain this is the way that it ought to be right based on the on the bible right and so anyone can bring scripture to support their argument even if Mm -hmm. even if it's two people on on the on opposing sides right and that the same thing with anything you know um, you know, you, you might think that, uh, I don't know, getting a tattoo is a sin, for example. <laughs> right. And, and you can, you can bring a scripture that says, Hey, look at this, you know? Right. Um, and then, and then, you know, someone else can say, well, well, well look at this, or you're taking that out of context and all that stuff. Um, and at that point it's, it's helpful to say, you know what? Scripture isn't super clear on, on this. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not going to, I'm not going to say that you're in sin. All right. right. Don't say that I'm in sin. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that we need to kind of bring a little bit of that into the way that we interpret, you know, uh, politics and, right. and, and certain issues. There are many issues that are very, very clear. Right. There's, right. there's no mm-hmm. there's no gray area there. But there's also a lot that that kind of are. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I, I just yeah. I, I just think we can be passionate about these things. We should be passionate about our, our, our politics. We shouldn't be silent. Um, but we should also I think there's a a healthy way to engage in right. conversation. And, and no matter what, like that should never compromise us being able to show love for other people. Right. Um, we should never let politics get in the way of us, you know, following the, the teachings of Jesus, of, mm-hmm. you know, the Sermon on the Mount, like those kind of things, like that should still be first and foremost. Like, um, and if, if our politics are getting in the way of that, then maybe we need to take a look at our politics and mm-hmm. see you know, is it, is it the politics themselves? Is it the way I'm approaching them? Is it, you know, am I just being a jerk? Like what's the, like what, you know, what's keeping me from that? Because that in itself could be a sin. And I think that's where it does become idolization of, oh, I'm putting this particular issue above what Jesus asked me to do of loving God and loving people. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, we have to keep that in our, in our minds, um, at all times. And we have to treat people with respect and treat people, uh, you know, the, the Bible talks a lot about not getting into useless quarrels and, yeah. um, you know, to, you know, 
keeping kind of not keeping to yourself but in some way it's kind of keeping to yourself like you know if, if it's not a big deal at the end of the day if it doesn't um you know if, if it's something that you can let slide let it slide like mm-hmm. if it's something that um you know pick your battles in a way um because otherwise you can come across as a bit complainy and uh potentially you know boy cries wolf situation of mm-hmm. oh well they just get mad at every little thing um and so um i think that's something that we should also always keep in the back of our minds mm-hmm. um i mean how do we how do we go back to i used to think that you know our generation was very very open-minded when it came to having conversations i like to think of myself as open-minded like i'm i'm okay um i'm okay with being wrong and i'll, I'll go into an argument um, with, with the possibility open to me being wrong. Like, okay, there might be right. something here that I'm not seeing. Right. Um, I think, I think right now it seems like everyone has just kind of closed their, their minds. Mm-hmm. And like, we, we aren't, we're not engaging in conversations where we're stating what, what, uh, what we think mm-hmm. we're not listening to, to anyone else. Um, you know, and, and social media has really, <laughs> really fueled this, right? Where we can just, we can post something that, that is my, my opinion and, uh, someone else can look at that and they can make a whole bunch of generalizations about me based off, based on that post and that post, they might not agree with it. Um, but they don't really want to engage in the conversation. So they just make certain assumptions about, you know, I'm, I'm going down a, a rabbit trail here, but, uh, I mean, how, how can we go back to just, that is a big question. Yeah, I mean, it's a really big I, question. It is like, and, and since you mentioned social media, like, I think that's a big factor in why we feel so divided today. Um, just as somebody that is very versed in the tech world and kind of understands like a lot of these big companies, um, that run social media and things, it's you not to get on like a soapbox a little bit, but, um, social media is geared to um to create an addiction essentially um i always tell people if if a service or a, a product is free so like social media facebook twitter instagram all those are free if a product or service is free you're the, you're product. the product yep 100% and you watched that documentary didn't you the social is, dilemma i haven't watched it yet no, really? but i have heard that okay. phrase before um yeah. I need to watch that because I've heard it's it's it talks a lot about mm-hmm. what I'm probably about to mention, but it's social media is geared to keep you on the page as long as possible. Um, it, everything is built around that, um, and the way that they get their revenue is through ads, and the way that they get you to see ads is by keeping you on the page. Um, so a lot of them create algorithms based on that. So. For instance, Facebook, the the way that Facebook gets you to stay on their page longer is their algorithm will give you posts that have the most engagement first um, because it takes you longer to sift through it and all that. Well, what posts get the most engagement? Typically controversial posts. So when you open up Facebook, probably the first thing you're going to see is whatever the most controversial. I don't want everybody's so mad. Yep. <laughs> and, and either that or, you know, there's other examples like kids' birthday parties, things like that. But um, for the most part, something that has 100 comments, it's probably something uh, uh, controversial. And so 
what's going to happen is every time you log in, you're going to see something controversial. You're going to get mad. You're going to feel bad the rest of the day. And you're just going to think everything's awful in the world. Um, and so I know you had mentioned this, but I recently deleted the Facebook app and the Twitter app off of my phone. Um, I still have the account so I can log in every yeah. once in a while, check for notifications, things like that. But it's honestly one of the best things I've yeah. done F mentally. Like I, it was something where I would log in and I would just feel crummy the whole rest of the day because of something I saw or how people were acting um, and things like that. And so I would challenge anybody that's dealing with that, like maybe take, you don't have to do it forever. Like yeah. maybe take a week and see how, it, how you feel. <laughs> yeah. um, for me, it's probably something where I'll never really have those apps back on my phone because it just made me feel a whole lot better mm -hmm. um, about it. And so I think that's one way. Um, social media allows you to hide behind a keyboard and you don't have, you're not talking to somebody face to face. What um, would happen? I, I always just imagine what would happen if all social media just went dark for like a week what do you think that would do to there would be immense chaos at first um i think but i think if it was like a long-term thing i think we we would manage i think, I think we would be more peaceful i think so too honestly i i really do which yeah. is weird to say that because if you think about it it's it's really it's it's silencing silencing ourselves makes us more peaceful mm -hmm. Um, I don't know how I feel about that because, you know, you obviously don't, you don't, no one wants to be silent. You, you know, it might right. take away your freedom. Right. But, but, uh, imagine just, you're so much more friendly to a person right. who you don't, to, to a stranger, someone that you don't, you don't know, you, you might open the door for them. You make small talk with them. You talk mm -hmm. about the weather. It's very friendly, very cordial, right? You're not attacking each other yep. because I don't know what, I don't know what you believe. And that's okay. You know, yeah. I might not need to know what you believe. I just, I want to, I want to enjoy this, the context of, of mm -hmm. this moment, what, whatever that might be. If it's, we're, you know, at a, at a, at a baseball game or if we're just having coffee and, and we can just talk about something that we, that we agree with. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, when, when we need to fight for something that we might disagree with then well, okay, that, that happens. But, um, but then we have a conversation versus right. we have a, a conversation about it. versus an argument through text that yeah. where things are misconstrued. You don't get the full context. Um, I've had a lot of times where I want to respond to something, and I just know that uh, when I type this out, it's not. I'm, I can't formulate the words on a keyboard the way that I would be able to in person. Mm -hmm. So it's not going to come across the right way, and it, at that point, it's not worth the mm -hmm. the argument. Like it's not. Um, something like that. And, and I think the other thing is whenever you're arguing through text, you're not arguing to seek to understand. You're just trying to throw your point mm -hmm. out there yeah. into the void. A lot of times just to get confirmation that you're not wrong. Like you're trying to see how many people agree with you yeah. a lot of the time. Um, whereas when, if, you know, if me and you disagreed on pizza toppings, like we could sit here and have a conversation about that and we would seek to understand, Oh, well, why do you like mushrooms? And I like pepperoni, like those kind of things. Like, and we're, we would probably walk away being like, you know what? All right, we're just going to agree to disagree. Yeah. And then we're just going to... Because there's no way I'm going to like mushrooms on a pizza. <laughs> <laughs> Melissa got mushrooms the other day. She got mushrooms, and I like mushrooms, but she got mushrooms and, and onions on it. And I told her, never do this again. <laughs> uh, I'm, just a, I'm just a straight pepperoni guy. Yeah, I am too. Anyways, but that's, a, that's, a, that's, that's so true. Like, I mean you get so much more out of a face-to-face -face conversation, mm -hmm. even when there's dissension, right? Because yeah. you, you're you going to sit down. No, not many people are comfortable with face-to-face -face confrontation. 
mm-hmm. right? And and so you want to seek to understand. You want right. to you want to try to to work it out. Yeah. Um, that's not everybody, but right. for the most part, I think you know we want to. Yeah, we want to know why the person. You know, and I think that's the other thing is that it's something that we have to start doing um, is listening to people. We have to, you know, there's always that old like kid saying of like we have two ears because we should listen twice as much as we speak. Um, And I think that's very true. Like we as a society, a lot of times are just constantly talking and not to be heard, not necessarily, but we're just talking so we can hear our own voice a lot of the time. And, but you know, whenever somebody talks about like something that changed their mind on a specific thing, especially if it's a heavy topic, it's usually because they heard a story from somebody or they heard, um, you know, a, you know, they saw a different perspective through somebody, um, and that changed their mind. Um, nobody ever walks away from a Facebook argument and goes, Oh, that changed my mind. Like, yeah, that's true. <laughs> it doesn't. And if you think about it, like online, uh, YouTube or, or whatever it is, we're never going to, we're never going to go to the opinions that are in stark contrast to us. Right. Right. Like I'm not going to go to some place where I don't, um, well, I, I may, I, I, I may, I might <laughs> but do, most but people, most people most, won't. Yeah. Most people are going to, you know, they're going to, they're going to go to the places that confirm their, you know, already preexistent mm-hmm. biases. And, and then and that's just going to co- continue to fuel their belief. And, and they'll will have never heard the other side of the, right. the argument. And, and I think that's sad because, you know, I, I'm a firm believer in positive intent. Like I think everybody is trying to do their best a lot of the time. Like uh, there, there's a rare exceptions here and there of somebody that's just, you know, wakes up in the morning and is pure evil. Like they're mm-hmm. like, that's very rare. Uh, most people wake up and they're like, how, you know, how can, what can I do today? Like the, to be a good person. Like I think most people wake up wanting to be a good person. Um, and so, but we also a lot of times forget that people are a result of their experiences, their, their upbringings, like things that happen to them that never happened to me. Like, mm-hmm. Um, and once we can understand that, we might be able to hear their story and go, Oh, I completely understand why you believe the thing you believe, like, mm-hmm. um, or why, why you're in the spot that you're, you are in. And that I think creates a connection that you can't create online. I don't think maybe through a video, but that would be the only way that I can think of, um, or like a very, very long, like essay yeah. style <laughs> post. But even then when you're able to ask questions and things like that, engage with that story, um, it, it can help a whole lot. And I think that there's not a lot of that happening today. Um, yeah. I think most of our information that we get regarding, um, uh, regarding, you know, the, the hot button issues and things like that all comes from the internet mm-hmm. or, yeah. or, or secondhand knowledge. Like, uh, you know, Oh, my parents told me this. So I always grew up believing this and <laughs> sure. never really questioned it. And that's why I believe it. Um, we don't really seek it out through the experiences of others. Um, and and I mentioned this, Oh, sorry. I mentioned this on a, on another episode, like everything right now, um, everything is mono monologic, right? Like, uh, news outlets, uh, pop, uh, podcasts, Facebook posts, everything is you're, you're speaking. Everybody's speaking for themselves. Right. Right. And there's, there's a, the cool little features of, of having, you know, comments and you can engage in that. But even then everybody's going to, everybody's going to speak for themselves, um, Mm -hmm. without the, without the intent of 
trying to come to an understanding. When we're talking together face to face, obviously I'm talking, you know, for myself and based off based on my experiences. But I am genuinely trying to because you are you're you're we're cordial. You're not like in my face or anything. <laughs> right. we're, we're trying to, you know, um, engage in a real conversation. Yep. Um, and you just don't get that with, with social media. I don't think, I think a lot of people just don't take the time to hear people out, um, anymore. Like, it's just not a thing that happens very often. Um, maybe in small circles, but if you're in an area where you only talk to people that believe the same things you believe or, or only, you know, you all kind of fit the same mold, um, you, you can't really broaden your horizons that way. And so then to then judge people that maybe aren't part of your cookie cutter community um, just seems a little unfair. Like, cause you don't know, you know how, for instance, Houston is a very different place than where I grew up in Weatherford. Like, so when I got here, some of my <laughs> cultural beliefs had to change a little bit because mm-hmm. I was like, Oh wow. Like I always thought that that was really dumb or that was really like, um, you know, something that people shouldn't do or, or don't do or like whatever. Um, kind of insert whatever uh issue I'm you want. I'm, I'm i'm curious to know um, what some of those were i i can um what did houston do to you nothing like i, I think <laughs> something oh for instance I'll, I'll use this example in houston there's definitely a lot more homeless people than yeah. there were in my little small town in weatherford like it's it's a very different environment um and so when i got here at first i was like whoa there's like what's the deal like what's the problem here and then but then you start to learn like oh like there's a lot more people. So that means there's a higher majority mm-hmm. of, of homelessness. Yeah. Um, it's, you know, a big city. So housing issues, things like that. Like it's all, it's all result of something. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas in whether you saw a homeless person, you're like, oh, well, they did that to themselves kind of thing. Like, you know, you kind of get those like preconceived ideas. Um, and, uh, but if you take the time to really like seek to understand, I think that's the biggest thing that we can do is, you know, hear, hear people out for what they were. Jesus loved talking to people about their lives and like what they were doing. You know, it, it would, you know, people got, people thought less of Jesus because he was always spending time with sinners. So like people, people that, yeah. yeah. Right. Um, and I think that a lot of the times that was so Jesus could understand humanity and the human yeah. nature um, and, and see how he could ultimately, what he could provide to them while he was here on earth. Um, yeah. in those situations. Now, obviously it's a little different because Jesus had a, had a plan in action like uh, that would yeah. change everything. But um, we can do the same thing. Like how, you know, how can I listening to somebody's story then turn around and go, oh, well, how can I help that person? I think if we think more of how can I help that person versus well, that person's wrong and uh, I want nothing to do with them and, uh, you know, you're just pure evil. Um, yeah. I think if we you know, Jesus came to serve, not to be served. And I think we can do a lot of that ourselves. Like we're, we, as Americans, I think we just kind of have this idea of our own Mm self-interests. Um, but maybe taking the time to hear people out, um, you know, instead of just dismissing them immediately because they have a different opinion on a certain issue, you know, how can we, and at the end of the day, we, will probably leave with our same convictions. We'll probably leave believing what we believed when we ended the conversation, but we'll, we'll also leave it a little bit on better terms, mm-hmm. you know, and, uh, you'll, you'll, you'll see a little bit more, a little bit more compassion there for, mm-hmm. for one another, yeah. which will kind of, I, I think in my, my opinion will reduce the overall chaos mm-hmm. that we see, 
um, and, and division, right? I mean, we'll still be, we're always going to be, like you said, we'll always be divided because you have different, right? You know, as long as we're different, we're going to be divided on certain things, but we, we can't, we shouldn't let the, uh, the division, I guess, division doesn't have to mean severance, I right. guess mm-hmm. is, is the best way that I could put it. Like we can be divided on things, um, and still, you know, want to engage in conversation. There's a lot that I don't agree with, um, with my sister, um, my, 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 my older sister, not older than me, but my middle sister. Right. <laughs> uh, there's a lot like, you know, politically, uh, you know, there, there's just a lot that we don't, that we don't agree on, but I am, I'm not going to cut her out of my life. Right. I'm not going to say you're a terrible person because I know her, you know, mm-hmm. um, I grew up with her. She's my sister. I love her. So I think if we kind of grant that, um, I guess mindset to just people that mm-hmm. are genuine, genuine like us, they're not out to, to hurt anybody. They don't, they don't have a, uh, not everybody who doesn't believe like you has an evil agenda. Right. Um, some, some maybe. Yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, but, but not everybody. And I, I think if we, if we just take the time to, um, have open conversations about mm-hmm. things that, that might, uh, not be what, what we necessarily believe, why at least leave a little bit more, yep. you know, cordial, cordial. And, and you, know? you, you use the word compassion and, and I forgot that I was, this was something that was on my mind when I was thinking over this topic. Um, Jesus, a lot of times you hear about him in the Bible, he would see people in their wrongdoing or in their moments of struggle and things like that. And it would say that he had compassion on them. Mm-hmm. And I think, man, what if we did that as Christians? Like, what if we looked at the people around us that maybe are doing things that we, we know to be wrong or, um, things that we don't agree with. Um, and instead of, you know, being angry or sad or, you know, outraged uh, everything's outraged these days um what if we had compassion sure. on the, on those people um the let, way jesus did let me ask you one more thing because this is a this is a uh, this is something that i that i hear when when people try to have these conversations like the one that we're having right now we're making our points um there's always somebody who's <laughs> is very angry and says no you just you just people need to know the truth and you just got to give them the truth and if they don't like it then <laughs> you know the, the hell with them like right, basically yeah, yeah. so how how can we well, well, first of all we're not saying that truth needs to be avoided truth Correct. is the absolute mm-hmm. most important thing that we have um but but what are we saying what are we saying Mike? Um, I, I have Mikey. a i have a note in my or a notes folder in, in my phone that's personal proverbs and if i ever think of something that's like a that i think hey i need to be reminded of this a lot um, I'll, I'll write it in there. And something came to me one time that was basically, um, saying, saying the phrase, well, it's the truth is never a good enough reason to be mean to someone or to harm someone. Um, and, and I live by that. Like, I don't, I may know for a 100% fact that something is true, but that never gives me the right to treat somebody with disrespect or, um, with malice in my heart. Um, because as a Christian, I, I can't. Uh, that's not something I'm allowed to do. If I, if I do that, then I'm in the wrong. Um, and, and I need to, to get right. Um, and so I would, I would say, like, if, if that's you and you're just that obsession with truth, um, remember that the truth sets people free. It doesn't chain them up. It, it, it sets people free. So if the way you're presenting the truth 
doesn't feel very liberating to the other person, then you might need to adjust your approach. And it could just be that maybe you don't have a good enough relationship with that person. Maybe some, maybe you're not the right person for the job. Maybe somebody that's closer to that person needs to bring in the correction or, or, or present the truth to them in a way that they can accept. Um, or, um, you know, maybe, maybe it's just the way you're being with the truth. Maybe you're, you know, I can, I can tell you the sky is blue and that's true. And I can say it in a very nice way, or I can yell at you and say, the sky is blue. Like I can just <laughs> be angry about it. And, and you're probably gonna be like, well, yeah, I get, okay. But, yeah. <laughs> but you don't have to be so rude about it kind of thing. <laughs> and so I think true, it's good to know the truth and it's good to align yourself with the truth. Um, but never use that as an excuse to, to not love somebody because Jesus said the greatest commandments are these, like, Love God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. Yeah. Um, and if, if you miss those two things because of your obsession with something else, then you've missed the point. Yeah. And I think another just important note to make is, is, uh, is that um, people are different in, in, in how they respond to certain levels of dynamics. Mm-hmm. Uh, it can either, can either be very effective or very ineffective right? For some people, tough love works. Yep. You know, if you listen to like Dave Ramsey, uh, <laughs> dude, the guy, I yeah. mean, he'll call you stupid. Yeah. I mean, like, and, and that's his approach, right? Mm-hmm. And the pe- and the, his listeners love him because he's that way, yep. right? If you're more of a sensitive person and, and you call up Dave Ramsey, <laughs> like, you know what you're getting yourself yeah. into. Um, and, and I think that we, as, as presenters of the truth, we just need to be aware of of mm-hmm. how different people respond Cause, to different and, ways. Because I, I have listened to Dave Ramsey, and there are times where you'll hear him kind of shift because he yeah. knows that he's yeah. hitting a little too hard and he'll shift on it and he'll he'll come in with a little more of a loving approach. Mm-hmm. And and we have to be like that. We have to be able to, you know, the way, you know, if if somebody that I am have a very good relationship with does something wrong, I'll, you know, like a friend of mine or something like that, I'll probably be like, Hey, that was stupid. Like, why'd you do that? Mm -hmm. Like I can kind of hit them with that. But if I tell that to a stranger on the street, like that's a much different thing. And it also depends on the severity of what you're talking about. You know, um, you, you know, if it's something that's very, very much tied to somebody's way of life, that's a much different conversation than like, Hey, you, you shouldn't like, (laughs) you shouldn't steal that bubble gum from the (laughs) grocery store. Like that's, uh, like those are very different uh, that's, things. That's like, that's true. Yeah. Like, and, and it's, it's, uh, you know, if it's tied to something that's very, like if it's going to harm somebody, like, right. like don't kill that person. Like you're not going to say it in a loving way. Right. That's, don't, that's don't wrong. Run across the street. Right. No. Right. Yeah. You're going to be aggressive. <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh, so, I mean, we have to, I, I just think that's, it's a little bit of an art in the way that we present truth. Mm-hmm. I mean, we have to look at, Yes, truth is truth. Truth is important, but some truths don't matter as much as other truths. Right. Like, the sky is blue. I don't need to beat that in your head. You know. You, <laughs> if you know? I, if, if you wanted to believe the sky was green, like, all right, whatever. Right, like, you're, okay. You're kind of weird. But... Kind of weird. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, if it's something else, then obviously we we we're going to be a little bit more mm-hmm. um, passionate about that. But mm-hmm. you know, there's just so many and, things. And there's timing that comes into that as well. Like yeah. maybe somebody's not ready, like to to hear it. Like maybe. Maybe there's other things that need to be placed for a found, more firm foundation needs to be placed before you just dump that on them. Like, yeah. um, things like that. It, it, it just, it is, it's an art. And like, I think the, the problem is 
we as the American church or we've gotten a little bit lax on a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we're biblically illiterate We're um, we're focused on other things. Like we're, we're, we're busy all the time. We don't feel like we have the time to really mm-hmm. study, you know, what is it to be a follower of Christ? Um, and a lot of times that can cause our human nature to come to the forefront and, create a lot of issues and so yeah. i do think it is it's almost like a skill you have to learn like really which is, is funny because you don't think of that when you think of love like love isn't a skill well it, it kind of is like yeah. you you can hone it um and you can learn to be better at it um because everybody receives and gives love differently um that's something that's accepted by everybody like yeah. everybody whether it's christians or non-christians knows that the way you love one person is different than the way you love another person um, and sometimes we as the church can kind of just lump it all together. Right, right. And we don't realize mm-hmm. that there's more than one way to skin a cat. Right. That's what they say. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I've never skinned a cat before, by the way. Uh, but I know there's more than one way. <laughs> Apparently, that's what <laughs> Apparently, I hear. Apparently, that's what I hear. Yeah. Um, and we, I mean, we can keep going for forever. I mean, this yeah, conversation, this could be... I mean, we can probably do part three, part four. But, um, but I think the overall message here is is that we just have to, our, our approach, I think, needs to change. And the way that we have conversations, and the way that we put ourselves out there, um, there, there's, there's no diluting or diminishing the truth. There's no diluting or diminishing that, you know, a lot of issues. And again, we said it earlier, um, it's important for the church to, in, to engage in, in, in politics, especially when the politics are, have, they're, they're, mm-hmm. have a moral, you know, yep. uh, sting to them um but it's just the way that we do it mm-hmm. right and we have to remember that we are brothers we're sisters in christ we're part of the same kingdom and it's not it's not this kingdom it's not right america right it's not right it, it, it's not red white and blue it's just we are citizens of heaven that's it and um i think when we just when we stop and we realize that and we just calm down for a minute i think we can uh we can get to a better place um and i'm Hopefully after 2020, <laughs> things will lighten up a little bit. But, yeah, I think that's the other thing, like, especially this year is just everybody's a little on edge yeah. and like, understandably so. Like it's a, it's a, there's a lot of uncertainty uh, right now. And, but part of that is also when the, you know, we shouldn't act like the world does in times of crisis. Like yeah. the, the church should be kind of a rock <laughs> when it comes to times of crisis. Um, and in some ways, I don't think that we've achieved that this year. Like, I feel like there's a lot of the same doom and gloom happening mm-hmm. within the church as mm-hmm. there is on the outside of the church. Like, yeah. this is, you know, for us, there's always hope. Um, yeah. And and we need to keep that in mind, too. Um, I did have a, uh, a verse that I found that <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> that I felt like kind of um, tied, tied up what I my thoughts were um, on things. And I always recommend, like, if, if I read you a verse, go look up the context of it just to make sure I'm not... <laughs> pulling it out of context, but, uh, first Peter three, eight, which says, finally, all of you have unity of mind, sympathy, brotherly love, a tender heart and a humble mind. Um, and then I also put Titus three, cause I feel like the entire chapter of Titus mm-hmm. three is a good, good, um, litmus test for <laughs> unity sure. and, yeah. and all that. So, um, right. just to, to close good. on those. That's good. It was good talking to you. Um, definitely. Thank you for having really me. Really good conversation. Yeah, man. Um, look forward to uh, the next one. Yeah. I always appreciate your insight. All right, Mike, Michael Tucker. <laughs> we'll
We'll get you out of here, man. Thanks again. Thank you for listening to The Leading Podcast. If you enjoyed this content, please like, review it, share it with someone that you think would benefit from it. And we will see you next time. Thanks for joining us.